Good morning. Welcome. We're glad you're here this morning. Uh, it is Pentecost Sunday, and I see uh, many of you are wearing red today, and uh, in honor of that, we're, and we're grateful for that, and we're grateful that you are here today as we've gathered in the name of Christ to worship the Lord. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us, and we're glad that you're here and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God this morning. A uh, few uh, announcements that I'd like to uh, remind you of. First of all, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask, if you would, to take those and fill them out. Um, and, and if you would, please fill them out completely today, putting your name and address and phone number, uh, because if you're going to be a part of our church directory, we've been taking pictures for that, we need to make sure that we have the correct address and phone number on there. Uh, so please put your name and and address and phone number on there so we can be sure that we have that correct information for our directory that's coming up. We'd certainly appreciate it. Uh, Also, uh, today, after the worship service, we will be taking up a special offering. We'll have a couple of uh, people standing at the doors with the offering plate, and this is a uh, a special offering for our Extreme Build uh, project uh, that we're going to be participating in in a few weeks. Uh, we'll be going to eastern Kentucky to build a house in one week. And, and uh, our goal from our church is to uh, provide $500 towards that, uh, towards that important mission. So uh, please give generally, generously towards that uh, at the end of the service. We're also, uh, in just a couple of weeks, two weeks from tomorrow, I think. I know, Mary says, I know. It's vacation Bible school time. And, uh, yep, it's almost here. I can't believe it's almost here, but it is. Two weeks from tomorrow, Vacation Bible School begins. And uh, as we have in the past several years, we are joining forces with uh, First Christian Church, uh, uh, St. Paul's Episcopal Church, and the Henderson Presbyterian Church. And so all four of our churches are, are uh, sharing in Vacation Bible School, and we move it from church to church each year, and this year it will be at First Christian Church, and there is a meeting right after worship service today, right? Okay, 12 o'clock, I'll try to keep it short, folks, uh, at First Christian Church for all volunteers and uh uh, if, and it's an informational meeting, and, there, and lunch will be provided there as well. Uh, and let me t- touch base just a little bit on our, uh, about our Wednesday program. Uh, we are kind of back to our Wednesday, uh, normal Wednesday schedule now. Uh, we are having a simple, uh, s- simple summer supper. That's what we decided to call it. It's not easy to call it that, but uh, that's what we're going to call it, our simple summer supper. Uh, who came up with it? <laughs> and this week, I think we're having uh, Subway sandwiches. And so come for supper at uh, 545. Then we'll have our regular Bible study time at 630. We'll begin, we're going to be talking about prayer. We're going to be looking at some of the ancient prayers in the scriptures and see how they relate to our lives today. And we'll be having our youth and children's activities as well at, at 630. And children's choir at 515, right? No. Not this week, not children's, not children's choir this week, okay. Uh, we will also have church council this afternoon, uh, and there was a little confusion about when we're going to have church council. Uh, some were saying three, and some were saying five, and honestly, I couldn't remember which, 
but let's settle on 5 o'clock, okay? 5 o'clock. So if you're part of church council, 5 o'clock uh, this afternoon. We have uh, some important things that we need to talk about just a little bit. And the final thing that I want to announce is one that I, I really don't want to announce, and this is one that I announced on Wednesday during our our uh, business meeting time, and that is the resignation of uh, of Julie Wrights uh, as our youth director. And I've got a letter here that she has written, so I'd like to read this to you. Uh, this is one that uh, we don't like to hear this and see this, but uh, we want to support you in this as, as well, Julie. Uh, the letter states, Dr. Hobbs and CBC family, I find the doing of the will of God leaves me no time for disputing about his plans. Therefore, effective May 31st, 2013, I will, be, I will be with much regret resigning as youth director. My time at community has been nothing but a true blessing to me, and it is my hope that I have met the expectations of the church family at CBC and most importantly, the one who blessed me with such an opportunity, God. I cannot in words try to express the humbleness and honor I have felt over the past ten years that all of you have found me worthy of such a position of youth director. I have tried in the best way I know how to humble myself and my life to set the best example for these young people. I am honored and privileged to be able to say I served on staff at CBC a church that does not judge or condemn people for their past or present wrongdoings, but a church that embraces all people and leaves the judging where it belongs with the one and only person that has the authority to judge, God. Amen to CBC for showing the community how to love as Jesus loves. This church allows people such as me to take negatives and turn them into positives for the glory of God's kingdom. And for that, again, I say thank you. Your faith in me was a pivotal point in my life and was ever-changing for the spiritual welfare of myself and my family. With tears in my eyes and warmness in my heart, my family and I cannot say thank you enough. To the youth of CBC, past and present, I truly love each and every one of you. Your spiritual welfare and growth I have held dearly important to me and can only hope that my time I have spent serving you as mentor and friend has helped, helped you in your spiritual walk and that you continue to grow and strive to always take the road less traveled. Again, I love each and every one of you and will be here for you as long as I am living and breathing. My heart, ears, and home are always open to you. God bless all of you at CBC. And then she quotes Proverbs 16:9. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Written with much love and appreciation, Julie writes. Uh, I think we can all say that uh, we love Julie and we're grateful for her 10 years of service, 10 years officially and more years of service here at Community Baptist Church. And we are, uh, we are great, greatly appreciate, appreciative of all she's done and the impact that she's had in the lives. And I'm gr grateful to say that she's not leaving our church, she's just leaving our employment. So we're going to see Julie around here a lot. So, uh, But let, let's give Julie a, a hand of, a, of applause. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. Now let's, uh, let's sing together our hymn of fellowship, Spirit Now Live in Me. Let's sing together.
Let's read together our responsive reading titled, Always. God of now and then and in between, we give our deepest thanks that you are the God of our hearts and the God of our history. But Lord, even knowing that, we confess that in the meantime, living is not easy for us. For today, some of us are especially fragile. Some of us are sorting out feelings, trying to make sense of, a bigger, of the bigger picture. Some of us are longing for the past or wishing that the future would come quickly. Oh God, we knew your faithfulness yesterday. Assure us of your presence today. Remind us of your steadying power when the ground beneath us is shaking, especially when we are teetering on the edge of changes. Help us take the time we need to keep the balance that only your presence can give. Sustain us, O Lord, through the living of these days. Amen. Good morning. When the day of Pentecost arrived, They were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as if fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us in his own native language, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia? Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya and Asia, belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They are all filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For those people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, 
and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. don't like us or what, but I'm glad to see all you beauties here. What a special week. What happens tomorrow? School's out. Are y'all sad? Uh, Okay. All right. Well, you know what? It's just starting of a wonderful summer and a good time to kind of refresh and keep the Holy Spirit inside of us. So you know what? I want, if you three would join those three girls, because I want you to look at the screen. So if you want to get in the chairs, we're going to talk about Vacation Bible School real quick. And let me just tell you all that, oh, never mind, I'll talk a minute. Bible school, we're going to be working with all of our friends from First Christian Church and St. Paul's Church and Presbyterian Church, which means you guys are going to meet probably about 100 new friends, because we usually have a little over 100 kids there for the summer. And if I read that very first line up there, what's this say? Pool noodles. Hmm, pool noodles. We need a bunch of pool noodles. Do you think uh, Vacation Bible School, you guys think you're going to stay dry all week? Uh, Probably not. Mm -mm. Nope. What about this? What about this, Tinley? The very first word. What's something else we're going to be using during Vacation Bible School? Water buckets. Think you need to wear good clothes? No, not so much. What about that, Sydney? Beach balls. Hmm. Do you think you're going to have to sit in a chair the whole week? No. Uh, not so much. Okay. What about this? Jump rope. Oh, jump rope. Hmm. Think you're going to get your exercise. <laughs> what about this, Miss Sarah? 
Look at that very first line up there. What's that say? Up here, car wash sponges. Hmm. Okay. Can anybody take a guess why I'm laying these here? Because these are some things that we need to donate from our church. So, you know, I always ask our wonderful church family if they can help me out with some of this stuff. So after church, they can each take one of these slips maybe and get this all this stuff back because all four of our churches are getting so much stuff for this week. What about that? Can you read that? That's a lot. Okay, colorful duct tape. Think we're going to tape your mouth shut? No, I don't think so. Uh, there'll be something we're going to do with that. Oh, what about this? Hula hoops. And I'm going to, I could keep going and going and going, but we want to get back there. What about that? Drinking cups. Drinking cups, yeah. It goes on and on and on. But these are just some things, and you guys, we want you to remember that we are going to have a blast during Bible School Week. But we also want to remember why we're going to be there for Bible School Week. We want to keep the Holy Spirit with us all the time. We want to continue to be Christ-like, meet new friends, talk to our new friends all that week, and continue a relationship with them after their week. So I want you all to try your very hardest to come to Bible School. And if you need a ride... You know, you can call me, and I'll get you there and get you home, okay? You Well, I know, I, and that's fine. I want you all to go. So I'm going to have you guys stay here a second because Sarah's dad's going to say the prayer, and then Sydney's mom is going to do a special song for us. So I want you all to hear that too. So I just want to talk about Bible school. Thank you guys for playing that, and that's all I have, Dr. Tim.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the light of your world. Thank you for lighting up our darkness so we can walk confidently and securely in this life. Help us to not only live by your light, but to share it with those who are in darkness. Thank you for our church. Thank you for our community. Thank you for Dr. Tim and this congregation. Amen.
Thank you so much, Sarah. How beautiful that is. And thank you for being one of our blessings here at Community Baptist Church. I heard about a uh, Sunday school teacher who was uh, teaching her class how to recite the Apostles' Creed. And the way she was doing this was by giving each child one phrase to learn. And so when the day came for the class to, to give their recitation, they began beautifully. The first child said, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Then the second child said, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. And so it continued perfectly until they came to the child who said, He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. And then there was an awkward silence quiet. The next line was to be, be, I believe, in the Holy Spirit, but there was only silence. And then finally, a little girl spoke up and said, "Um, the little boy who believes in the Holy Spirit is absent today. (laughs) Well, welcome to this celebration of Pentecost. It is a day that we celebrate the Holy Spirit descended upon the church with great power. Now, we might conclude by, the look, by looking at the state of many churches today that people who believe in the Holy Spirit are largely absent from the church. And yet, the Holy Spirit is just as relevant in our lives as it was to those first century believers. For you see, the Holy Spirit is the presence of God in our lives. British newspaper columnist uh, Bernard Levin wrote an op-ed piece a while back that I find quite descriptive of our situation. This is what he wrote. He said, Countries like ours are full of people who have all the material comforts they desire, together with such non-material blessings as a, a happy family, And yet they lead lives of quiet desperation, understanding nothing but the fact that there is a hole inside of them, that however much food and drink they pour into it, however many motor cars and television sets they stuff into it, however many well-balanced children and loyal friends they parade around the edges of it, it aches. Do you know what he's talking about this morning? Do you have that same kind of ache at the center of your life? Do you have that same void that needs to be filled? Does that describe your life today? 
Well, this is what the Holy Spirit is all about. It is about filling that hole in our lives. The Holy Spirit came upon the church on the day of Pentecost. And, and, you, and you need to remember that those first disciples of Jesus were all Jewish. And they celebrated the holy days of the Jewish people. And one of those holy days was a day called Pentecost. Pentecost was a day when they celebrated the giving of, of God's law to Moses and his people on Mount Sinai. But for Christians, Pentecost has, become to be, has come to be a celebration of the gift of God's Holy Spirit on God's people. Because it was on that day that God's Spirit came down with great power. Before his ascension, Jesus told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the Spirit to come upon them. And they probably didn't have a clue as to what he was talking about when he told them that. What? Wait for what? They didn't know what he was talking about, but they did it anyway. Because they had already watched him die and come back to life, and so all the questions that they might have had about his lordship had been had pretty much settled. And so if the Lord said to go and wait, they were going to wait. And now it was Pentecost, 50 days after, the Christ, after Christ's resurrection. The city was filled with visitors from all over the known world who had come to, to celebrate this sacred festival in Jerusalem. Jesus had not told his disciples exactly when the Spirit would come. The Scripture says that when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And then suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the, the whole house. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest upon each of them. And then all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, this is different from speaking in unknown tongues, which some of our Pentecostal friends practice in their worship experiences. They were, uh, the, these disciples were speaking in known languages, but they were languages of other nations. So you see, the, the real miracle here is that they were speaking these languages that they had never studied before. They had never spoken before any of these languages. And this was an amazing event. Now I want you to think about it for a minute. If, if I were to suddenly, standing up here before you today, if I were to suddenly burst out speaking in some unknown language, some of you would probably be a little disturbed this morning, wouldn't you? Since we... Amen. <laughs> We don't normally do that in, in our church, and, and that's not saying anything about those who do, but we don't normally do that, so some of you would be a little disturbed, and some of you probably be a little freaked out. One or two of you would probably, well, maybe more, would probably question my sanity. I think that's kind of a routine thing anyway. And somebody might react like, the, some of the outsiders did on that first day of Pentecost. Hey, look, the pastor's drunk. You might go home and tell jokes at my expense. But what about this? What if a mighty wind came through here right now and shook the whole building and tongues of fire came, 
came down upon us. And then all of a sudden I started speaking flawless German or Italian or Arabic, some language that I've never studied before. You think you'd be impressed? Yeah. Would you go home saying that we've experienced a miracle? I think I would. Because I can't speak those languages. And that's exactly what happened on the day of Pentecost. God arranged for the Holy Spirit to come down on those early Christians on that very day that thousands of people from all over the world were gathered in Jerusalem for this celebration. And when they, they heard the sound of that wind blowing and the disciples speaking, the crowd was totally bewildered because each one of them heard his or her own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these who are speaking all Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own language? They were witnessing a miraculous event. And, and so it's no wonder that thousands of them responded to the gospel message that day and were baptized. Pentecost is sometimes known as the birthday of the church. But this celebration is different from other Christian celebrations such as Christmas or Easter. You see, those celebrations are focused on the gift of God's Son, Jesus Christ, and His life and death, His resurrection. But Pentecost is focused on the coming of God's Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is sometimes described as the, the most misunderstood person of the Trinity. And that's understandable because, you know, it, it's pretty easy for us to visualize God the Father. We kind of come up with an image of God the creator and sustainer of all that's good. And, and we have no problem visualizing Jesus Christ, His Son. You, you see, the, the Father and Son are described in familiar human terms that most of us can relate to. But the Holy Spirit is often described through comparisons with other objects or forces. The Spirit is like an invisible wind. and It blows where it wills. Sometimes as a rushing mighty wind. It's compared to tongues of fire or to a dove descending from heaven. And here's what we need to know about the Holy Spirit. It is God's Presence with us today. The Holy Spirit is God present with us today. It is that part of the Godhead that fills that empty hole in our lives. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us to make sense out of our lives and to help us understand God's purpose for us. You know, life can be confusing sometimes, can't it? It can be. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. And maybe we have a, a, a good day, some good days, and we think that everything's going to work out beautifully. And, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, maybe we get a phone call or get called into the principal's office or the boss's office, and, we, and our world is turned upside down. And we go to the Bible and we try to get guidance, but... As we read the Bible, it 
seems like it's still written in Greek. It's just not making any sense. Uh, it's confusing. We can't concentrate. And, and even when we're able to understand all the words, we have a hard time relating to them. But we linger there in the text and we pray, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? And then all of a sudden, the meaning sometimes becomes crystal clear. It's like God whispers the meaning into our ear. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. Jimmy Reed was a musical legend back in the 1950s and 60s. He's playing the harmonica and the guitar. Reed brought the rhythm and blues music of the Mississippi Delta to the popular rock and roll mainstream had a huge impact on stars such as Elvis Presley and the Rolling Stones. But there's an interesting story behind Jimmy's records. You see, if, if you listen to his records and you listen very carefully, sometimes you will hear ever so faintly in the background a woman's soft voice murmuring in advance the next verse of the song. The story is that Jimmy was so wrapped up, so absorbed in the beat of the music and the, and the guitar riffs that he was playing that he simply couldn't remember the lyrics to his own songs. And so he needed help with the lyrics. And, and the woman's voice that can be heard it was none other than his wife devotedly coaching her husband through the recording session by whispering the upcoming stanzas into his ear as he sang. For the Christian, that's the task of the Holy Spirit. It's God whispering into our ear. It's God giving us comfort and encouragement, helping us to make sense of our lives. As Paul writes in Romans 8.16, the Spirit of God testifies with our spirit and that we are children of God. In other words, it is the Holy Spirit that quietly whispers into our heart, reminding us who we are. It is the Holy Spirit that interprets Scripture for us and re relates it to our daily lives. It is the Holy Spirit that helps us make sense out of our lives and helps us to understand God's purpose for us. Furthermore, it is the Holy Spirit that gives us the power to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. Jesus had given his disciples a commission. We call it the Great Commission. They were to go into all the world and make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that Christ had commanded them. What an impossible task. How in the world were they supposed to do that? How could they accomplish that? Well, they couldn't. Not relying on their own abilities, but Christ made a promise to them that very day. He said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And here's how Christ is with us. Christ is with us through the presence of God's Holy Spirit. And this is why they were still in Jerusalem on that day of Pentecost, waiting for the gift of the Spirit. 
In Acts 1, Jesus told them, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then a few verses later, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Judea, in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It is the Holy Spirit that gives us the power to do that. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the power to accomplish what God has called on us to accomplish. I like the way Corey Ten Boom describes the work of the Spirit. <clears throat> Corey Ten Boom is a uh, was a Dutch Christian uh, woman who whose family gave shelter to Jews during World War II. You may have remember her famous book from decades ago, uh, A Hiding Place. Um, she ended up in one of Hitler's death camps, lost her family there, but she managed to survive. And she later became famous as a Christian author and, and speaker because she was so obviously filled with the Spirit of God. Listen to what she said to one of her audiences. She says, I have a glove here in my hand. And the glove can't do anything by itself. It's just there. But when my hand is in it, it can do many things. True, it is not the glove, but my hand in the glove that acts. And then she said, we are gloves. It is the Holy Spirit in us who is the hand. We simply have to make room for the hand so that every finger is filled. That's our main task if we want to do anything great for God. We need to make room for the hand of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. The Spirit fills the hole in our lives. It helps us to make sense of our lives and, and, and helps us to understand God's purpose for us. And the Holy Spirit gives us the power to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. And to sum this all up, basically what the Holy Spirit does is to help us to become what God has created us to be. One of the images used in the Scripture to help us understand the work of the Spirit is the image of fire. You'll remember that tongues of fire appeared above the heads of the disciples on the day of Pentecost. And, and that symbol of fire represents the work of God's Spirit helping us to become what God wants us to become. And sometimes that can be hard on us. It's kind of like the... The song that Sarah was singing a moment ago, sometimes our blessings come in disguise. Disguised maybe as things that are not so pleasant. Sometimes that happens. It can be hard on us. There was a story that comes from the frontier days about three women who were members of a, of a Bible study group. And, and one day they were reading from their, their lesson that the Spirit was a refining fire. And they kind of knew what that meant, but they didn't really know what that meant, and they didn't really have a good understanding about it. So one of them volunteered to go to a silversmith to see what it meant for the Spirit to be a, defi a, a refining fire. 
And the silversmith explained the process of refining silver like this. He said, you want to be sure that you put the silver in the hottest part of the fire so that all of the impurities in the silver will be burned away. And he said, you have to watch it at all times to make sure that it's, it's not in there too long. If it's there too long, it'll be ruined. The woman was fascinated by this, and she asked, well, well, how do you know when it's done? How do you know when it's ready to take out of the fire? And he said, well, that's easy. It's done when you can see your reflection in it. Well, folks, God wants to see God's reflection in our lives. The Bible tells us that when we were created, that we were created in God's image, and, and when we tarnished that image, God sent God's Son to save us from our sinful lives. And God sent us the gift of the Holy Spirit to work in us, helping us to restore, to be restored to a right relationship with God. And when that work is accomplished, God will be able to see God's own reflection. In us. And that's our ultimate goal as Christians. All of this is to say, is is what we mean when, when we say that we believe in the Holy Spirit. This is God's attempt to fill that hole in our lives. It's God helping us to make sense out of our lives and to understand God's purpose for us. It's God giving us the power to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. And it's God working in our lives, helping us to become what God has created us to be. Persons in whom he and others can see God's reflection. So pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit today. And allow the gift of God's Spirit to fill your life like a glove like a hand in a glove. And then work His mighty work in and through you, through His power, through His love, through His comfort, and through His wisdom. Amen. We have come to uh, that part of our service when we will uh, celebrate the uh, ordinance of the Lord's Supper. And uh, let me invite everyone to come to the table. All are welcome at Christ's table. Everyone is. Um, We are the family of God. All of us are the family of God. And we invite you to share as we um, fellowship together, as we commune together with each other and with God. We have uh, the elements here. um, And we would like to ask if you would to begin at the back row, come down the middle to receive uh, the bread. Um, there will be two people at the front with bread from each side. You can take a piece of bread, then move to the side and dip the bread into the chalice of uh, the cup and then return to your seats that way after you have uh, dipped the bread and, uh, and eaten the, the bread that is soaked with, with the juice. Uh, we invite all to come. If you would like to receive the traditional method of the Lord's Supper, then you can just remain at your seat and we'll have a couple of deacons who will come by and serve you at your seat as well. So deacons, would you come and and help us prepare for the, the Lord's Supper?
We are here on the day of Pentecost to celebrate the Spirit of God in our lives. And the Spirit of God has come into our lives because of what Christ has done in our lives. The Spirit of God is the personality of Christ. The the invisible image of Christ working in our lives. We don't have the, the visible Christ with us. We can't go to him and look him in the face and say, Jesus, what do you think about this? He is not here in the body anymore. But he is here in the spirit. And that is the spirit of God that is within us. And the spirit of God agrees with everything that Christ has said and done. And the spirit of God suffers with us when we suffer. The Spirit of God rejoices with us when we, when we rejoice. And the Spirit of God is constantly working, trying to mold us and to shape us and to refine us into God's image. For that we celebrate. But we also must realize that in the process of this, God's Son gave His life. And so as we take the Lord's Supper today, we remember that. We remember that that we have this presence of God's Spirit with us because God's Son gave His life for us. And so as we take the body of Christ, as we take the cup that represents His blood, let us reflect upon what that means to us and let us give thanks that we have His Spirit today. The Lord Jesus, on the night when He was, he was betrayed, He took, took a loaf of bread and He broke it. He gave thanks and said, This is My body which is broken for you. And in the same way, He took a cup and He said, This is the blood of the new covenant. He said, Take and eat this in remembrance of Me. Take and drink this in remembrance of Me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Would you come and remember the death of the Lord and to celebrate the presence of God's Spirit?
The Spirit of God is in this place. Praise be to God. We're going to offer you an invitation to respond to the Spirit of God in your life in any way that you feel is suitable today. We're going to sing uh, our invitation hymn, Breathe on Me. And there may be someone here today who would like to make a commitment to Jesus Christ, to accept Him as your Lord, as your Savior, um, to accept the Spirit of God into your life because you feel that there is that void that is there that needs to be filled, and it's only God's Spirit that can fill it. If you'd like to make that commitment to Christ today, we invite you to to come and make that commitment. Perhaps you'd like to unite with our church. We invite you to come and join us today officially. Or if you'd like to have a a time of prayer, we'd like for you to feel free to come and and to pray with us. We, We can pray with you as well. If God is dealing in your heart in any way, we invite you as we sing together, breathe on me. Would you come? For the gift of your Spirit, we praise you, O God. We have new life through the Spirit's indwelling. You have made us your children by the Spirit's adoption. We witness and serve by the Spirit's empowerment. And we yearn to be more like Jesus because of the Spirit's urgings. Continue your gracious work in us, O God so that we may walk in this world free from the bondage of sin and free to do your will. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.